The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Glad you could join us for The Big Red Bench. Rory here with you until 7 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. It's an hour-long show. It starts at 6 o'clock. Therefore, it's finished at 7 o'clock. A lot to cover on the show this evening. It has been a busy, busy day of sports. We're coming going to hear from Kieran Kingston on a fantastic win for Cork today against Limerick in an action-packed game at the Gaelic Grounds. We'll hear from Kieran Kingston in a little bit. We are going to look back on a strange game at the uh, Aviva Stadium where Ireland defeated Italy in the Six Nations a strange rule saw so a red card for Italy resulting in two players having to be taken off so Italy to play the game with 13 men that was an interesting one about Paul Moss will be along to talk about that we'll hear from Keith Ricken after the footballers defeat to Galway and we're talking to Brian Cuthbert as well about the uh, Bishop Town GA initiative matches for Mick that's all to come between now and 7 o'clock Rory here with you until 7 that's not to mention the Carabao Cup final where Cork's Queeving Kelleher has started on goal for Liverpool uh, it is scoreless there after 73 minutes um, Liverpool did have the ball in the net there short time ago Joe Matty heading uh, into the back of the net from close range but it was uh, ruled out for offside against Virgil van Dijk uh, when the free kick was played in but Liverpool in the ascendancy here looking to go ahead in that game Queeving Kelleher making uh, a couple of decent saves as well in that game uh, one earlier on at the start of the game for Christian Pulisic was a, a good save from him but uh, certainly not looking overall is the uh, former ring Mahan Rangers man we'll keep you up to date on the how that one is going to report on that one in just a bit as well but scoreless 74 minutes on the clock at Wembley and uh, we uh, will keep you up to date on that one as I said as I mentioned a great win for Cork today in uh, the uh, Division 1A of the uh, Alliance Hurling League 219 to 113 was how that finished a great win for the Rebels plenty of excitement plenty of drama in that one as well uh, reporter Stephen Gleeson was at the Gaelic Grounds today we we'll get you Stephen in just uh, a little bit but a fantastic win uh, for the Rebels um, certainly uh, avenging a little bit the All-Ireland defeat of last year but Cork certainly looking uh, very very good very very decent very very solid and uh, yeah plenty of drama in that game as well now we can go to Stephen Gleeson at the Gaelic Grounds it is all over here in the Gaelic Grounds and Cork have defeated Limerick two goals and 19 points to one goal and 13 points the opening goal came in the first half on 20 minutes as Patrick Horgan caught and turned and hand passed to Shane Kingston who fired it into the Limerick net from there Cork stayed in the ascendancy with good work and good scores by Conor Lehan and Shane Barrett putting them clear until the 33rd minute when a second goal arrived as Conor Lehan fired a shot at the keeper but it rebounded to Kingston who got his second goal of the game from there Kingston and ended up seeing red for a high challenge on the Limerick cornerback Sean Finn which looked like it may have been an elbow to the head of the Limerick defender from there the ball went down the field and Limerick had a player sent off as well Seamus Flanagan seen red just before half time in the second half the main goal came from Limerick as they tried their best to stage a comeback with Cahill O'Neill firing to the net and Dermot Burns and Aaron Galland tried their best to try and get John Kiley's side back into this game but it wasn't to be it's Cork the victors here in Limerick in the National Hurling League 
219 to 113 the final score here yes super win for the Rebels I think either can have uh, any complaints about the red cards either in those games can Shane Kingston and uh, Shims Flanagan elsewhere Wexford beating Galway 215 to 15 points in Salt Hill to maintain their 100% record Clare beating awfully 420 to 16 points in Tullamore in Division 1B Waterford beating Antrim by two points at Corrigan Park. The final score there, 321 to 222. Kilkenny beat Leash 228 to 17 points at Nolan Park. Kildare beating Dublin 112 to 12 points in the Division 1 of the Alliance Football League today. That was a new bridge. That result means that Desi Farrell's side still looking for their first win of the campaign. They now face a massive task to avoid relegation uh, with three games left to play. Elsewhere, Mayo beating Armagh 15 points to 110 at Dr. Hyde Park. Kerry enjoying a 3-14 to 112 uh, victory over Monaghan uh, in Enniskeen. So that result means that they stay top of the table. Uh, rugby and, of course, Ireland beating uh, Italy today in a strange game at the Aviva Stadium. A 51-point win for Ireland at the end. That's it, the report from Dahi Boland. Full-time, Ireland 57, Italy 6. Ireland back to second in the Six Nations, scoring nine tries here today against 13-man Italy, who went down to 12 men in the final 10 minutes of this game after Bram's Steen received a yellow card. James Lowe twice, Michael Lowry, Ryan Bird and Kieran Treadwell crossing over the, lo- the line in the second 40 to see Andy Farrell's men win 57-6. Yeah, strange one there um, for um, Italy. So what happened was uh, their starting hooker, Gianmarco Lucchesi, went off injured. Uh, then the replacement hooker, Hame Five, was sent off for a dangerous tackle. So world rugby law means that Italy then have to bring on another front row to take off another player. It's, it's a rule designed to, uh, to avoid teams feigning injury uh, so they can have uh, uncontested scrums. Um, yeah, it just ruined the game a bit. We'll talk to Moss Finn uh, about it a little bit later on. He'll be able to provide a bit more clarity for us on that. But yeah, just a strange game today. Nothing more than the training session for Ireland in the end. And of course, uh, heading to Twickenham in two weeks' time. Not exactly the ideal preparation for that, but victory. 57 points scored. Look, you can't really read too much into a game, but we'll try and talk uh, something about it with Moss Finn uh, a little bit later on. As I mentioned, a huge day for uh, Cork's Queeving Kelleher, the former Ringman Rangers player, uh, starting a goal for Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final today in Wembley against Chelsea. Still scoreless there, 78 minutes on the clock. Chelsea just had the ball in the net there, but uh, that was uh, ruled out because of offside. Um, so it's uh, certainly happening to both sides having a goal ruled out there in the last couple of minutes uh, or so but I'm certainly an exciting game really enjoying uh, watching this and just kind of having a half an eye on it here as uh, I present the show but uh, yeah uh, it was Kai Heverts with the header uh, straight at Queeving Kelleher he got a hand to it but it went into the net but the, the flag was up so uh, Kelleher still uh, uh, with his clean sheet there uh, 79 minutes on the clock there at uh, Wembley elsewhere West Ham victory for them today against Wolves in the Premier League Guy Swindles West Ham 1 Wolves 0 Thomas Suchek on his 27th birthday turning the ball home after good work from Cresswell and Antonio just on the hour mark enough to give West Ham a narrow win after their great rivals for a European spot Wolves actually were the better team in the second half and if it hadn't been for Kurt Zuma in the half to the defence well West Ham may well have lost this one he was outstanding particularly denying Fabio Silva on several occasions first half West Ham best team Rice hit the post there were other chances for Antonio and in the end it finishes West Ham 1 Wolves 0 
Elsewhere, Hibs and Celtic playing out uh, a scoreless draw in the Scottish Premiership today. That gave Rangers a chance to close the gap on Celtic to just a point. They couldn't. They were tuning up on Motherwell at Ibrox. Motherwell battling back to finish through all. So Celtic still with a three-point lead at the top of the table. Leeds looking for a new head coach. Marcelo Bielsa sacked after yesterday's 4-0 defeat uh, uh, at home to Tottenham. Uh, they've lost the last four games. They've conceded 17 goals. No massive surprise, really. They're two points above uh, the Premier League relegation zone. The club say they are going to make an announcement about his successor tomorrow in the FAI Intermediate Cup. Carrigaline United have uh, beaten Malahide United 2-1 today in the FAI Intermediate Cup round four after extra time a battle for Carrigaline United today they will now face uh, Maynu University Town in the quarterfinals congratulations indeed uh, to Carrigaline United on making uh, the last eight uh, elsewhere Ireland taking on Cyprus today in the FIBA Eurobasket uh, 2025 pre-qualifiers half time there and it's Ireland who lead uh, 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 they're up by 12 as things stand there at the halfway point so looking good there for Ireland and a huge court derby in the Women's Super League this afternoon it's the address UCC Glamour with the bragging rights they've beaten for the Matthews 85 to 64 was how it finished earlier on today going to get some brief reaction from uh, Kieran Kingston we'll have more from Kieran uh, a little bit later on in the show as well but this is uh, Kieran Kingston's immediate reaction uh, following the win uh, over Limerick today and hugely impressive stuff uh, from the Rebels as uh, they beat the All-Ireland Champions 219 to 113 let's hear briefly from uh, Kieran Kingston I thought our second half performance was was messy at times and scrappy we lost by five points and that was disappointing the first half there was an intent and a work rate all over the field we haven't seen in a long time yeah I mean look we're trying to build build the courage of the group and build the group and build, build each part of the game and that's one of them uh, I think we saw that uh, in the first half anytime you go away from home against any opposition you're going to have that's going to be a challenge in particular February and that was, that was our challenge today uh, to be stood up to that but that's one part of the game and sometimes it's too much made of it but like it is a key component of the game we try and match that uh, I thought we did and I thought we heard a lot of very very good things but as I say we lost the second half by five points that just goes to show we've an awful lot to do yet but it's, it's one game as I said, I said before the game we're happy where we're at nothing has changed it's two points more on the board uh, heading into uh, our game next Saturday night uh, and that's that's a reason massive challenging in for us I didn't see them uh, but I saw, saw, obviously saw the guy down and see the crow around but I burst I burst the uh, bunch of points in the, in, in, in the Gaelic round so you're a bit like Aston Bingo there so I I, uh, I couldn't like, I didn't see them so I'll have to see them back in the, the replay down a minute and, and, and get a, a proper assessment of them but I, I didn't get any look at them yet yeah, that's Kieran Kingston there uh, playing Arsene Wenger saying he didn't see the, the sending offs in that uh, game today 219-113 was how it finished and with Shane Kingston his son getting sent off and uh, Seamus Flanagan uh, Sean Rickard for Limerick uh, not long after that but look a fantastic win for the Rebels today and uh, certainly looking very very promising it is I suppose the National League still very early in the year it's still February but look things uh, looking promising uh, so far anyway and uh, long may that continue uh, going to hear a reaction from uh, Keith Ricken now uh, Cork beaten by Galway last night in Porky Creek 322-217 Cork still looking for a first victory in the uh, National Football League and relegation to Division 3 is certainly a very very real possibility Ger uh, McCarthy there for us last night and along with the rest of the media got a chance to hear from the Cork boss and this is what I had to say after last night's uh, defeat to Galway I mean is morale affected at all Keith by the, by, by, by the 
the number of defeats? Yeah, that's a great question, you know. Um, I would have thought it would be, you know. I would have thought it would be down tonight, you know. I thought it would be, you know. But they, there's a great resolve in the group, you know. Um, yes. you know they were all training on Tuesday night. We had a great meeting after we had a good chat among ourselves and just stuff. And we had a good training session on Wednesday. Um, we, we done nothing there for the rest of the week. The lads had their, their own communication, their own stuff going on tonight. Now, they, you know, they pulled in there. And you see after the training session, the, the fellas, six or seven fellas who felt they didn't know enough tonight, they went out in the field um, and they worked hard. That, that doesn't seem to me that there's a morale issue, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen. There's only, I feel like Job at the moment, you know what I mean? There's everything that can go wrong is going wrong. I feel, you know, I mean, even t- every time we train, it's nice, and every time we play a match, it pisses rain on us and wind. And, you know, today was the first day it didn't rain on us, right? And, you know, I've seen great at half time, and all of a sudden that happens in the second half, and, you know, yeah, and then you have a couple of injuries. And it's, it is hard for any manager in anything in walking life, in any personal life, when things are not going your way, you know? And we have a society now where we can you know, reset, press a reset button and start again, you know what I mean? And just say, I do something different, I don't have to stick this out, you know? Uh, but these are old-fashioned values, and we have all that, I'm afraid of old-fashioned values, and old-fashioned values is if you start something, you try to finish, and you do your best with it, and you give your honest the best, and when you're shaving in the morning, and you're looking at that guy in the mirror, you can say, am I doing my best? And that's what I'm asking these fellas inside, are they doing their best? Are you giving it your all? And they're doing that. And then you can't give any more than that, you know? And if it comes right, you know, you'll be able to deal with this. And, uh, you know, I met Sean Potter here and he's picked up an injury, as you might know, a uh, uh, hamstring injury, which he has a look at non-assessment. We don't know where he's at that yet, but he, he picked that up there the, uh, last week in the Sigerson game and he has to look at it. But it looks a significant injury from our uh, immediate reading of it now, like so. And it's been tough on him, do you know? And yet you see him tonight, right? And he had a tough week now. And you know, he's after getting over, over so many injuries and he's still here, you know? And his first thing is, says, Keith, you know, when he walked off the field, he says, Keith, this will stand to us. Now, I don't think there's a moral issue when a fellow say that, like, you know? Yeah, Dick, you can be kicked around. I mean, ultimately, we're not at war. I just think about the people who are at war today, and, you know, over in Ukraine, and everything. There's no one dying. We're, we're committing no crime. We're working very hard in doing what we're doing. Um, but it's, it's, it can be hard. There's no doubt about it. it can be hard. But it's not a place that we're not going to go away from. Like, you know, we're turning up again training Tuesday night. We'll be at it, and we'll be at it Wednesday night, and we'll be at it Thursday night. You know, and that's our routine. We'll be at it the weekend, and that's how we go, and that's what we roll with, and we'll keep. We have three matches left. There's no one. There's a, there's a number of teams still below us. It's hard to uh, fathom that, but they're still below us, and we have a good scoring difference on a couple of teams. And you know, we could have even narrowed it down there only for that cross bar tonight. But the, these are the way it goes, and um, you know, we we'll be back training. Given Sean Powder's injury there, what, how do you rate his chances, his availability for the three big games coming up? Oh, no, I don't think he'll be back for them, and there's no doubt about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, he has to go and see, you know, he has to look at a, look at a specialist, not to have a look at this injury, see where mm-hmm. it is at. You know, I can't answer that because, I mean, you know, I mean, I've only spoke to Sean, if this happened during the week, he's got his MRI, but it's significant enough, and I think he has to go and get it assessed and a uh, proper assessment, and we're hoping to look at that, uh, and we know more maybe next week. Brian Hurley missed the game as well tonight. What yeah, are his chances? Yeah, Brian should be fine, I think, yeah. Brian has, uh, you know, had a, a shoulder injury, came off last week, as you saw uh, in that match. Uh, I wanted to come off last week with a shoulder injury. I didn't, and, you know, we wanted to take him off, but, you know, Brian is a stubborn note. So we played on, but we just felt tonight like it was a game too soon for him, like, you know, and, you know, that's fine, that's a precaution thing. That comes with, you know, knocks and, and, and belts in all matches, and we, we have a couple of them, like, and, you know, the, but then, you know, the flip side of it, you know, we'll be looking, hoping to see a few more lads off the table now and off the rehab program and back training fully. There were a number of lads training this morning, you know, 
know that uh, we had a good training session this morning there with lads and a uh, number of them lads now will be doing a full session again on Tuesday night and that'll be their first two sessions back to back and hopefully some of these fellas will get back into it like Brian Hartman, Cotton Man and these guys you know they're coming good Paul Walsh hopefully you know here's a small set back again but he's you know these are big assets to the team you know I mean we have a lot of guys who have uh, you know for one reason or another over the last couple of years have accumulated injuries right and maybe they don't get time uh, because of the, the season maybe they got time because of the structures in Cork or whatever it is I don't know but we're not uh, rehabbing and prehabbing and, and, and pre-season as much as they should be so we took a choice this year I said that if we're taking long term development which we are we have to take fellas off the pitch and give them that pre-season that they've never got some of the younger fellas have never ever got a pre-season and that's what we're doing with them and we have to take that chance because otherwise they're going to break down and they'll be breaking down again and again and again so what we're doing at the moment hopefully bring him back guys and hopefully have a few more guys back and be able to close the next match you know but again you know we have two injuries now tonight Chris came off injured and Sean Mean came off injured and they're two you know Tiger's fine I'd say Tiger picked up a knock in the ankle more of a kick than anything else so I'll say a bit of a TLC now and he'll be fine the next day or two I'd say he'll be fine a bit of ice and stuff like that but uh, but the other two lads, you know, that they, they could miss the next match because of that now, you know. So, you know, it's it, it's not another opportunity for another fellow to get another intercounty experience, and you know, that's what it is. Who's on course keeps being available in a fortnight? Do you know, like you, you mentioned, a player, a couple of names there today that are yeah. back training, or will they well, be we back see, for a fortnight? Yeah, or? I suppose the big thing um, in, in that one is that you know, like if if they can sustain two and three in uh, sessions, you know, like Ryan Hayes. Uh, Brian Hartnett Carl oh. Manny these guys Paul Walsh if they can dis, uh, get a couple of sessions under the belt without having any feeling any adverse effects from that then you're looking at you know they can play the part next day you know but they need to have to do that you know like you can bring it like I mean you, you could have tried Cotton Man tonight you could have tried these last night but you know what you're doing is you're not giving them the time that's needed and you know there's science involved in this as well and there's people who know a lot more about it than I do and they need that time they need we need to trust them lads to, to get back into that and get and rehab and prehab properly so yeah I'm 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 happy that they're on course as it stands and we hope to see a few of these fellas put their hands up the next night for that. Just see um, Keith's the rest of the league now the remaining games take on a whole new meaning starting with me in the fourth time. Well all the games take on a meaning anyway, no meaning because every time you go out, you know, you're you're thinking of a league match, you're thinking of you're trying to get that you know, you've three more games now today. A half time we were half through the our league campaign. A half time today we were a draw game or whatever it was, a half time today we were half through our league campaign. You know, um the match is over now, we've three matches left and then there's championship. And no we we'll have a championship, two matches, three matches next championship. I don't know what we we'll have, you know. Um but you know, it's an opportunity for guys so every game is important whether we had won our last three games alright or Droom or whatever we did all games are important now but then it's certainly in the middle important now we would like to stay up in Division 2 there's no doubt about that we think it would be good for the lads to stay in Division 2 but it's not a fear I don't fear that you know I don't fear the league is not something I fear you know going down playing lower football is not something I fear what I fear is that we know that we don't have a consistency and I'm trying to bring a consistency in and I see us trying to be consistent and then trying to play a good brand of football and then we're trying to also have put structures in place that is a, that is a fear if we don't do that we'll end up in the same place we are next year what I want to be is this time in 12 months time to be in a better place in relation to structures in relation to footballers and fitness and all that other stuff that we need to be and you know that's my aim and that's my hope and that's you know that's the lad's aim and that hope and you know I'm not saying that we're going to not take a chance if it comes this year and of course we'll come along this year because things can turn a, a toss of a hat like the season can turn in one game and, you know, but I'd be looking for I'll be looking to every game now as vital for us and we're trying to take as many points as we can if we get any points at all uh, you know in the next few weeks we'll, we'll be trying them none of them games will be easy we've not through today 
you know, they need a, re a resilience to get a last minute goal from the heart, so they're a resilient outfit, and they don't want to go down, after you want to go down, and, and you know, down, you know, don't want to go down, when all of them will be battling for it, and it'll be great games for us, and they'll be very good in preparation for our championship match. Yeah, that's Keith Rickon there speaking after uh, last night's defeat uh, to Galway at Parky Queeth. Cork still without a win in the Alliance Football League Division 2. The Hurlers, though, by contrast, uh, going great guns and a great win today against Limerick. Nine points they had to spare. We heard from uh, Kieran Kingston a short time ago. Dennis Hurley, our good friend uh, from the Echo, joins us on the line now. And Dennis, that, that looked like an excellent Cork performance today. Hi, Rory. Uh, it was, what I say was that it was an excellent win. Uh, the performance was very good in the first half. Uh, the performance in the second half, you know, wasn't up to the same level, but they had done enough to ensure that they they got the win. But uh, as Kieran as Kieran mentioned, um, you know, you would be concerned only six points in the second half, nine wide, probably a bit churlish to be, you know, to be pointing those out after a nine point <laughs> win against the other champions. But I suppose it's good that um, Cork aren't risking on any laurels. I suppose it's only natural when you go into the half-time break with a lead like that that you kind of ease off a bit, I suppose, in the second half. It, it is, and Dimmick brought on their big guns as well, Dermot Burns, Aaron Galland, with O'Donoghue at half-time, and they were they were a bit better. They, they were very poor by their own standards now in the first half. Um, like They didn't have as strong a team out as Cork, but it, it was still it was still um, below par from what you expect from them. And the two sendings off before half-time as well made it a stranger game in the the second half, you, you might have been expecting maybe a bit more open and, and a higher scoring, given that it was fourteen or fourteen. But um, it was also the crosswind, which kind of uh, affected it. Um, and you know, it's the the outcome was was probably decided by half time. So you know, no one was really expecting a full blown Limerick comeback. So the game did kind of peter out. Um, but Obviously, from a Cork point of view, we'd be focusing on the good first half. They really stood up to them physically. They got non-answered 1-6 to go ahead by 1-8 to 2. And then coming up to halftime, non-answered 1-4. Like, you know, it's it's unusual to see teams do that to Limerick, especially given the Cork hasn't beaten Limerick in their last four games in all competitions. So, regardless of who was wearing the green jerseys, you know, Cork beat Limerick, which is, is definitely an important thing. Um, and you know we're seven weeks out from the opening round of the championship against them, so Cork, Cork will definitely they, they'll take positives from today. But you would you would expect that they will just be focusing on, on Galway now next week and no one getting carried away um, by the, the good start. We heard Kieran Kingston there going full Arsene Wenger saying he didn't see the sendings off, um, but they looked like two red cards and the referee looked yeah, like he got them right. Yeah, they, they, they were, you know. They're, they're trying to, to cut out the, the the high the high tackles like that, and you know pe people know that if 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 you do miss time it to any degree like that, yeah. you're, you you know that there's only one outcome. So, I if if you were Limerick, you'd be you'd be kind of um, you'd be frustrated with Seamus Stanigan doing that straight after <laughs> Shane Kingston had because 15 against 14, they might have been able to put Cork under more pressure in the second half. But when there was the second card straight away, um, it was it was definitely a big boost for Cork to know that it was back um, back to, to parity from a, a personnel point of view. Um, so you know it, it gave it gave the referee Sean Stack uh, an immediate um, opportunity to, to balance things up. Certainly did. And Galway's coming out to Parky Cueve next for our next Saturday evening, Dennis, which should be a very very good game. It should, yeah. Um, 
you know, both teams going well and, you know, the, the Henry Shefflin factor and yeah. Saturday night Saturday night game under the lights and Park Grieve, it definitely um, has, has potential to be a very good match. Cork will probably feel there's unfinished business there because they played Galway in the last round of the league um, last year and it was uh, a game Cork went into knowing if they won, they would have probably finished top of the um, of Group A of of Division one in the league, as it happened, ended up finishing second bottom because Galway turned it around with a, you know, um, uh, a late comeback. So, you know, Cork will definitely just want to keep the momentum going and, you know, pick up a fourth straight win and just build build confidence and just show that there is um, there is consistency in the team. Yes, certainly. All right, Dennis. Thanks so much for talking to us on the Big Red Bench this evening. Right. Thanks, sorry. Cheers. Dennis Harley there all the echo talking us through Cork's win today over uh, Limerick and a fantastic win as Dennis pointed out second half performance maybe yeah, left a little bit to be desired but when you're that far or that far ahead I suppose going into the second half as Cork war it was just a fantastic first half performance from the Rebels uh, and absolutely fantastic uh, to see it as well uh, right uh, I'm going to go to extra time I think at Wembley by the looks of things scoreless now uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool into time added on uh, as things stand uh, at the moment both sides had uh, a goal ruled out uh, John Matip uh, for offside Kai Havertz uh, had the ball in the net but uh, he was ruled to be offside so scoreless there and it uh, looks like it's going to go to extra time in the Carabao Cup final as we mentioned earlier uh, Celtic uh, dropping points in the Scottish Premiership for the first time since uh, in 2022 that's been held to a nil-all draw at Hibs. The leaders missed the chance to claim an eighth a consecutive win. Uh, their boss, Andy Postacoglu, says they should have come away uh, with more today. Disappointed for the players. They didn't get the rewards they deserved, I thought. But, um, you know, ultimately, we, you know, we, we control the game and, um, you know, difficult place to come and uh, couldn't get the goal we needed. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking rugby with Moss Finn and we're going to talk matches for Mick. The Big Red Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Red, yeah, You can catch the lads uh, tomorrow morning from 6am right here on Cork's Red FM It's going to go to extra time in the Carabao Cup final scoreless between Liverpool and Chelsea clean sheet for Cuevin Kelleher after 19 minutes at Wembley Stadium he hasn't looked uh, overawed at all so he's earned a lot of praise on social media for uh, a couple of saves he's made in the game and he's uh, looked very very solid very very composingly but we knew all that already uh, the former ring man Rangers man certainly uh, looking like he belongs on uh, one of the biggest stages in world football and looking very very good as well but scoreless there at the moment and extra time has just kicked off going to go back uh, to the rugby and uh, Ireland's uh, win over Italy today uh, as we mentioned a strange old game with that uh, red card that resulted in Italy um, going down to uh, 13 players but 57-6 was how it finished today Michael Lowry scoring two tries next up England in two weeks at Twickenham for more on it joined by our good friend uh, Moss Finn uh, the former Ireland and uh, Monster Wing uh, he spoke to us uh, just before he came in there OK for more on Ireland's win over Italy today joined by our good friend Moss Finn to discuss Moss I suppose the only place to start talking about this game is the situation regarding the sending off uh, in the first half and then the situation where Italy had to be reduced to 13 players as a result it's a strange rule and it, I suppose it ruined the game as a spectacle it made, it made an absolute farce of the game, unfortunately. It, it destroyed it as a spectacle. But it is a rule, and it, it's to, to help the integrity of the game, in that if teams who are getting annihilated in the scrums 
sort of take off a couple of players saying they're injured and it then goes to uncontested scrums. It gives them a chance. But in this instance, if Italy had nominated the player coming on and said that he did play hooker before, they wouldn't have lost the man. But as it happened, they hadn't nominated him, so they had to share the player. They had to be penalised in another way, in other words. But that on top of a red card was an extreme circumstance. Yeah, it was just a strange set of circumstances there. Hooker Gianmarco Lucchese uh, goes off through injury and then Jaime Fiver with that high tackle, um, which is what it was a red card all day, Moss, wasn't it? Unquestionably, and I thought the, the referee did well, even though he, he was Georgian and he was trying to explain it to the Italians and Italians, which was, or in, in Georgian, it was an extraordinary thing. But it was a red card all day, you know, it was, it was reckless out of, out, out of him. And that's the other part where, like, the, they're trying to make rugby a better spectacle and make it safer for players. And that's what they're trying to do. Anything above the head, like, is, or to the head with, with his shoulder, when you don't wrap, is straight red, mm. black and white. Um, I suppose it's it's a hard game to judge Ireland on because it wasn't a game really it was pretty much a training exercise by the end of that wasn't it? It was very difficult and it's when you're when you know you're going to win when you when you're absolutely certain Italy have no chance it's very difficult for you to gather yourself and, and be collective but I must say on that I felt we were very we were very sloppy um, we we lost our shape completely no we still won by fifty seven points to nine but the I, I felt we lost our shape. But there's one thing I, I did notice, which was fairly clear to me, was that when Sexton came on, we definitely seemed to have more shape and direction. Yeah. So it was a loss from, in terms of Carberry, kind of getting his chance at number 10. It, it, he didn't do well. Like Sexton definitely gave us more shape and direction, you know. And the other guy I was kind of happy enough with there was, I thought the full back, um, Lowry looked, looked very sharp, yeah. you know. They... And in the discussion before the match and in some of the articles there by Donald Lennon during the week, he's a very slight little lad, but they were comparing him a little bit to Christian Cullen, the great, you know, yes. the, the guy who scored the most black uh, points of all time for the All Blacks. He's a very slight lad, but he's, he's fleet of foot and he's a beautiful footballer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so would you expect Sexton's going straight back in over the England game in two weeks? Oh, unquestionably. I, I'd, have, I'd have no doubt. I felt he... he his leadership skills, like even outside of being captain and that, but his just the whole direction, the whole pace of the game changed. And I was also very impressed by by Casey at scrum half. Mm. I felt he was more direct than Gibson Park. Gibson Park was very indecisive. He had so much space that he he, he was very slow making up his mind. I felt when Casey came on and Sexton, the two of them together, really, they gave Ireland more direction and got the ball wider, faster. Is there any other positives I suppose you can take from it? As I said, it's a strange game. We can't read too much into it. But I mean, like to score fifty-seven points is always a good day. Well, uh, you know, we, the, the big thing with Ireland, we have to, we have to have good replacements to compete at the top table at world level. And I felt that that Ryan Baird in the second row looked very athletic and looked very strong. So he is another front five option, and that's where you want it. That's where you want the toughness. And this lad Treadwell, who was born in England, as you know, and he, he he's come in here. His mother's from Ulster, and I thought he looked strong. And that's where, if we're ever going to be caught, we'll be caught for physique. So when you've got a fellow like Ryan Baird and Tread, with two big men coming into it and looking the part, that is a, that is a big positive for us. A lot of talk in, in the build-up to this game, Moss, about South Africa possibly coming to the Six Nations and uh, Italy uh, making way. Now the Six Nations have come and said, no, that's not the case, Italy are going to stay in there, but uh, no smoke without fire and all that thing. Where would you stand on that? Would you like to see South Africa come into the Six Nations to replace Italy, or how would you see it? I, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't. I'd like to see someone replacing Italy, perhaps Georgia maybe, or someone who may come up to the level, but 
I don't think South Africa would be an addition and there'd be an incredible loss to the tri, tri nations below. So, and you have the, you know, and like we're in the same time zone, but the, like the actual logistics of going there and playing at altitude and all that, it's a different game, it's a different type of rugby. This is a European competition and I think it should stay that way. So it is England next for Ireland in two weeks' time. Um, England, um, uh, a hard-fought win for them, I suppose, against Wales yesterday, Moss. It was, you know, it was a strange match in that they dominated and should have been out of sight. <laughs> and often when that happens, you know, if, if the opposition gets a little bit of a foothold and come back, it's very hard to get the momentum back again. Wales seized the momentum and in the last play of the game, they could have drawn it or won it, you know. So... But they're strong. I mean, they're physically strong. That's where we're always really tested at the top level. It's when you're playing a team like England, when they're maybe slightly more powerful than us in the front five. That's the asset test for us. I mean, it'll be a real match. But I think we have a great chance. And I, I, w- and I would definitely be starting Sexton, I would say. And I'd be picking our biggest front five that we possibly can because it's going to be a game of grunt. It certainly is really looking forward to that. It was kind of hard to know where Ireland stand after today, after the defeat of France. You wanted a performance today. I mean, like they got the result, but not necessarily a performance against 13. So hard to know where Ireland stand, I suppose, going to Twickenham. It is, it's, 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 it's very bad preparation, actually, because it was, it was like a training run out, I'd say, and, and a bad training session yeah. at that. It was, it was difficult, it was awkward. So it doesn't stand us in good stead for two weeks' time, but maybe they can make up for us in training and maybe train a little bit more physically and that, you know. So, but it, it wasn't great preparation, but. Uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. It certainly is one of those days. Boss, thanks for joining us and talking to us today on the Big Red Bench. You're very welcome, Roy. Yeah, always a pleasure to speak uh, to Moss Finn and uh, yeah, just a strange game to have to, to analyse. Uh, not much you can really say about a 51-point win. Um, just bar, I suppose, the red card incident, which was, I suppose, left a lot of people scratching their heads when it happened with the rule book enforced uh, in, in, in the way that it was, I suppose, and me in, included. Um, but yeah, look, it is victory for Ireland. And up next, it is... Um, uh, England in uh, Twickenham in uh, two weeks, 12th of March. So, yeah, cannot wait for that game. That is going to be absolutely huge. Uh, Romelu Lukaku just put the ball into the back of the net for Chelsea. However, he has been ruled offside. Looked very, 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 very close. Uh, would like to see a different angle on that one. Great finish by Lukaku, cut in. He was played in. Um, he was uh, cutting in. He was played in uh, on his right foot, cut back inside, calmly slotted past Kelleher with his left. It's gone to VAR. Going to look at this one. This is going to be very, very close indeed. And uh, yeah, look, VAR has said it. he is offside, fractionally offside. Liverpool uh, live to fight uh, another day but yeah that was close millimetres in that offside decision still Chelsea nil Liverpool nil and there's eight minutes gone there in the first half of extra time now Bishopstown GAA Club have launched Matches for Mick it's a fundraiser for their uh, fellow clubmate Mick Cronin who suffered life changing injuries in November the entire club will be out in force on March 17th and 18th playing matches across the two days people are being urged to buy match tickets online at bishopstowngaa.com that will act as their donation to the fund and be sure to use the hashtag Matches for Mick in social media posts uh, on that yeah but 
BritishTownJ.com you can uh, buy your match tickets quote unquote and that's the donation into the fund and there'll be a load of games on the 17th and 18th for more on it I spoke to Bishopstown stalwart and uh, former Cork football boss Brian Cuthbert Okay, delighted to be joined on the line by Brian Cuthbert to talk about the Mick Cronin fundraiser and the hashtag matches for Mick Brian. Thanks very much for talking to us first off. Thanks, Rory. Thanks for having me on. Brian, can you tell us um, a little bit about Mick Cronin first off? Um, I suppose uh, Mick uh, has been a member of Bishon for the last uh, 13 or 14 years. Like anyone, Rory, in, in terms of GA, you... you you know, make storage from Kish game. So um, he, he settled in Bishopstone with his wife and family. So like anybody, uh, moving into an area, I suppose the Jacob is, is the first place you kind of go to, to make uh, friends and meet new people. So uh, he's two kids and, and Anton and Sean. Sean's just 16 now. But when Sean was three, Mick uh, arrived up to Jacob, Sean and Toe. And uh, training started, I suppose, for under fours and suddenly Mick found himself needed. And like, as always, uh, once asked, there was no refusal, so he got stuck within the fours and uh, has been with them since all the way up and with other teams in the club. Um, you know, uh, a very affable and genuine man uh, and uh, very much part of the fabric for club and Bishop's Town. Yeah, and a proper Bishop's Town man now after 13 years, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> proper Bishop's Town man after 13 years, yeah. We have a kind of a qualification period there of 12 or 13 <laughs> years. He just, he just passed. So does he get but the Bishop's Town passport now, does he? Oh, stamped and all, yeah. But to be fair to Mick, he, he, you know, he's one of these guys, you know yourself, Rory, in every club, mm. your fellas uh, you, that you'd have in your head that w- would do jobs at a drop of a hat. And Mick has always been one of those guys like that, just in the drop of a hat. Mick, will you do this? Not a problem. Never a problem. Uh, and there's numerous things that he, he's done in terms of, you know, he he's works in construction. So any of the jobs in that area, Mick would be the first on the list, to be fair to him. Um, but like he's always been with teams, he's always been around the club. He's, you know, and in, in that short enough space time, thirteen to fourteen years, he's, you know, he's one of these guys who's who part and parcel of the fabric of the club. So, you know, we we we, uh, I suppose the matches for Mick thing we'll get that in the minutes. But you know, Mick is very much one of our own. Um, Mick suffered catastrophic injuries back in November, um, which um, is the reason for matches for Mick. I'd imagine it affected everyone massively in the club, Brian. Yeah, sorry, it was, it was unbelievable, actually. Um, Mick, the day before his 52nd birthday, he was off to work. Unfortunately, he had a fall in work and, uh, as you say, catastrophic injuries, broken vertebrae in his neck. Um, you know, no movement from his neck down, really. And that's that's since the middle of November. Um, so when that news broke, uh, you know, that day that Mick was after having a terrible accident, you know, it cast a massive, massive cloud over the club. And, and it's still there to be fair. Uh, you know, Sean was involved with the under-16 team and three days later we had the P2 final against Sahada up, up in the club. P2 football final, I can team to have the bravery to play that game. Uh, he was involved in the team as a selector coach and, uh, you know, even winning that county championship, it just felt a bit odd and almost not right. Um, but at the same time, it was very important that the, that the boys went out and performed and played well, which they did. Um, so look I suppose like every club Rory there's every now and then these massive massive bumps come hits come blows come mm. traumas come and it's how you actually react I suppose is, is, is the test of the club and um, you know Mick is, is, is such as I say such part of the fabric of our club 
we, we we're just very, very conscious of making sure that making it by Karen and the two kids that they just feel supported and they just feel that the club is there for them as they have been for the club all their lives. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, um, you know, as, as you ask, when these things do come, which in, invariably they happen all clubs at some stage with various guises, when they do come, it, it, it is a, a huge test of a club to, to, to be there and make sure that that's where they're picking up pieces in any way, shape or form that we possibly can. And I'd imagine the support that you're giving to Karen and Sean and Alva, like the, the appreciation they must have for that to feel part of the Bishopstown family must mean an awful lot to them in a, in a time like this. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. Yeah, and I, I know so. And it's not even I'd like to think so. I know so. Uh, Mick and Karen were very conscious that, uh, you know, if we were going to organise anything in support of, of Mick and the family, that it would be a community event and it would be club-based. So I suppose... Uh, the fact that we we have these two days coming up in the 17th, 18th of March that are a celebration of club activities, that are a celebration of our games, um, it's given me, I, I would think, in Karen, a small bit of a lift to feel the support coming from the community, to feel the support coming from the club. And, you know, there's a type of people, Rory, that, you know, that they wouldn't be expectant of anything. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not the type of people that, uh, you know, you know, you know, you get people sometimes that they think that the world revolves around them. They're certainly not that type of people at all. Uh, genuine, genuine people, J folk to the hilt. And and there are, I would say, I would like to think, that, uh, as I say, that they're getting a lot of uh, lot of comfort from the fact that people really, really, really want to support them. How's Mick doing now? Have you been able to chat to him or what's the situation? Um, no, I would just by text. Uh, so uh, Mick... Obviously, people will be messaging Mick and, and uh, uh, Karen would, would you know, uh, respond yeah. on behalf of Mick in terms of Mick, Mick would, uh, would, would respond to messages and by text a few times. And I think, obviously, like any of us, I would imagine that, you know, there's been tough days, uh, very, very tough days. But um, I think in the next couple of, of days or actually the next two weeks, he hopefully will be heading to Dunleary to the National Rehabilitation Hospital. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's a challenge in terms of the, the, the therapy that will come there. But uh, I would imagine the change of scenery from the hospital it will do him good. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully improvements will be made in, in Dublin. But, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, that the games keep Mick going, the sport, sport keeps Mick going. Um, you know, he, 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 I know he has an iPad in front of him watching matches daily, all day and all night. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they just kind of give him a, a bit of a lift to, to think that, these events are coming and that's you know I suppose at the moment there's a lot of sport on so makes the type of man that you know he, he would watch anything really yeah. and um, you know I, th- I think maybe that's 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 how he's passing his days but uh, you know, I suppose the big drive is that he gets to gets to come home and gets gets home to his family and I think knowing me the way I do I, I think that you know that, that's a drive that's within him uh, and that that's the type of spirit that he has within him that that he, he's longing for the day that that's going to come and please God that'll be sooner rather than later. And I know he's a big Liverpool fan as well so hopefully he'll be uh, watching it for Wimbledon Queeving Kelleher on goal today. Yeah, absolutely. There's two Liverpool fans there now so hopefully uh, <laughs> it's Liverpool for the business. And we're kindred spirits, Nick and I, in terms of Liverpool and lots of other things as well. But uh, hopefully Queeving Kelleher goes well. Yeah, absolutely right. Fingers crossed, yeah. Um, tell us then, Brian, how the matches for Mick idea came about. Um... I suppose, funnily enough, uh, Mick has a, a, and Karen, they have a mobile home in Castle Gregory. They have a gang of friends down there for every summer. Uh, a number of those contacted me in terms of 
inquiring, you know, what, what the club would be doing to support making cairns. So I said, look, the best thing we do is we, we organise a, a meeting. So we, we met as a group. There was myself and, and the club secretary, Alan Sullivan. My own brother, Pat, is involved as well in terms of the club. So that's three of us. And uh, there was three or four mixed friends. So we met and we said, look, um, the best thing that we could possibly do here in terms of support is develop some avenue of, of an event with, uh, you know, around the club. And then somebody just mentioned, well, you know, we were starting talking about matches. And we said, what about matches for me? Mm. And I said, that's a great line. I said, we'll hashtag that. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that we'll use that as, a, as, our, as our tag. And I said, Let, let's build on that. So we just decided then over the Paddy's Day and, and the, the Bank Holiday Extra that came that we would, um, we would actually develop a festival of, of hurling and football. And that, uh, you know, that, that Mick, even though he could only be over the fence in CUH, uh, would feel that we're 100% with them, we're 100% trying to support them, and that uh, everybody will get something out of the two days in terms of activity in the club, um, loads of visiting teams. I think, Rory, there are about 30 matches organised now yeah. over the two days, going from under six up to the senior teams, uh, hurling, football, LGFA, Camogie, uh, Bishop Sound is a one-club organisation, so uh, everybody, all the different sections want to be involved, and uh, I think over the two days, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be as I say, a great event. And then we had this decision then saying, OK, we'll have all these matches, so what are we going to do in, in terms of fundraising? So we decided that we'd, you know, Maria sell tickets for the games. And um, so we had three different tickets. We had a, a single ticket, a family ticket, and a corporate ticket. And we just, uh, through our own website in the club, we just said, push that link out there. And, you know, obviously people aren't, actually people are going to attend mm. But if they want to support the the, uh, the fund, that they would be able to buy a, a virtual ticket to the game. So that's what the idea basically is. It's very simple, but I think at the same time, very, very real and very, very connected to the, the life that Nick is living. And tickets are available on bishopstownga.com. 20 euros for a single ticket, 100 for a family ticket, and 250 for a corporate ticket. What's the reaction been like, Brian? I'd imagine this has been a kind of university very well received, I'd imagine. Unbelievable, Rory. The the support has been unbelievable. I suppose we only we only um, only last week kind of launched the the whole idea through the media, um, and and the response has been phenomenal. And I would imagine that when we get close to the seventeenth and eighteenth, that link is going to get a lot of a lot of presses, a lot of a lot of views, and a lot of money will come into the fund because it's so worthwhile and it's so real. Because as I say. Rory, every club will go through this. We've we've all know, mm-hmm. you know, various tragedies and traumas that happened uh, across clubs around the country, and we all know how sport and G in particular people get behind each other and support each other and park up rivalries and park up <laughs> history of <laughs> of rivalry between clubs and they just, you know, and uh, to be fair, the support that we're getting from our neighbouring clubs has been unbelievable, um, because you know we, we all know. The Cronins in, in our own clubs. We all know that that type of man. We all know and value them so so much that when something like this happens, um, you know, we know that you know we we could be next because that's that's the way life goes. Um, and I, and look, as I say, the support has been absolutely phenomenal. Actually, would blow you away in terms of the the generosity and the goodness in people and the way that people can think about others in their time of need. And I thought that's our big thing, Rory, as a club. That this here is one of our valued members, one of our real diehard members. That his family are in a time of need, and um, the club has to react. The club has to be 
central to to the response, and the, mm. the club will do everything it possibly can to to make sure that, as I said, that the family are supported. Yeah, this to me is what the GAA is, GAA is all about, and uh, I wish you the very, very best of luck with it, Brian. Finally, I have to ask you, will you be coming out of retirement and lining up in the day? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so, no, Rory. There's uh, <laughs> There'll be a lot of insurance needed. <laughs> I don't think the GAA insurance scheme will cover the damage that I'd either do to myself or, or, or to the pitch. I'd, uh, no, no, thanks. No, 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 we'll be fine. <laughs> For more details, Bishop, uh, visit that bishoptowngaa.com. Brian, it's been a pleasure talking to you today and the very, very best of luck with matches for Mick. Thank you very much, Rory. Thanks for all your help. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed talking to Brian Cuthbert there of Bishopstown GAA about hashtag matches for Mick. Um, going to raise money for Mick Cronin, who suffered life-changing injuries in November. And as you, you heard there from Brian, you can really get a, a sense of just how well-loved and respected and admired that Mick is in the club. And this, as I just mentioned there to Brian, this is what the GA is all about, rallying behind uh, their, uh, their, their, their fellow club man uh, and, and trying to, to, to get him the help. Uh, fundraise to, to help him um, it's fantastic to see and uh, hopefully this will be fantastically supported as Brian alluded to there uh, the, the reaction to it has been incredible so far so if you want to buy uh, a quote unquote match ticket so that lack then is your donation to the fund uh, for the uh, hashtag uh, matches for Mick campaign bishoptowngaa.com is the place uh, to send uh, or the place to go to and you can buy your tickets there as I mentioned 20 uh, uh, euros for a, a single person um, uh, just one person for one match ticket and it goes up then uh, for family tickets and, and for corporate tickets as well so it's going to be fantastically well supported and it's going to be a fantastic day or two days I should say March 17th and 18th and we wish uh, Bishop's Home GA Club all the very very best to it uh, for it I should say and uh, the very very best of luck to Mick as well in his recovery it still scores between uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool. Seventeen minutes uh, gone now. In uh, time added on into the second half, or time added on extra time. I cannot speak today. What is happening to me? Uh, yeah, into the second half of extra time. Seventeen minutes on the clock. There. This is all set up for Queeving Keller. The game to go to penalties first off, and for Queeving Keller to become a hero and make two. Three says we will actually we won't get recruited. Two says to win the Carabao Cup for Liverpool. So that's the way it looks like. That's the way it's headed. And uh, yeah, Quaving Kelleher, penalty shootout hero, could be happening in the next twenty minutes or so. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Not long left on the show. Going to hear uh, quickly from Andy Farrell speaking after today's win over Italy. <laughs> There's plenty we can take away from it. Obviously, there's not many times that we've played a, a test match, an international match against 12 players. Um, so, But there's plenty we can take away from it. I suppose the start of the game, um, uh, getting off to a good start and going up seven points uh, is, a, is, a, is a nice enough start. And then I thought we, we, we started to overplay a little bit and uh, I thought Italy defended really well and... Um, they they was aggressive in defence and that was before they went down to 13 men and certainly aggressive at the breakdown etc um, and I thought uh, we because of because of our lack of accuracy and um, and obviously the tenaciousness in, in, in defence I thought there was a few errors that we, that we could have tidied up before before um, the, the situation happened to 13 men and then and then we get to to that point of 13 men Look, it's it's just it is just weird. I mean, we understand why the rule was brought in, um, but at the same time, 
I suppose in situations like that, occasions like that, it'll bring the rule back to everyone's attention and they'll, they'll look at it from, from my point of view, from what we all saw um, on contesting scrums. Um, and, and rightly so, Italy was trying to slow, slow the game down. It's what everyone would have done. Um, you don't take... When you've got uncontested scrums, you know, for so long within the game, um, uh, everyone's legs are, are nice and fresh, and it's the reason why Italy were tenacious in in, in defence throughout, but even when they went to twelve men. So it's just it's just weird. There's 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 um, the the space that's that that you thinks that you thinks there and you know they're obviously always going to play throw caution to the to the wind and kamikaze style defence at times where they where they were flying up a, uh, off the line and hitting us man and ball and put our skills under pressure and we needed to become a more accurate um, I think in the second half there we hit a few, a few more uh, front doors rather than throwing it out the back and. Uh, got some quick ball ourselves and managed to get um, some much needed points um, in, in the end. The big red um, bench on Cork's Red FM, that's Andy Farrell there speaking after uh, today's win over Italy, as he mentioned, just a, a little bit annoyed with the way the way the game went and it's like not getting the work out that uh, he needed. Um, but uh, yeah, look, a win is a win, as Mosfin said, and they will go on to uh, England now on the 12th of March. Uh, Chelsea have had the ball in the net for the third time. It's been ruled out for the third time. Kai Havertz blasting the ball past Cuevin Callagher, who I had just been speaking up about becoming potentially the penalty uh, shootout hero, which I thought looked inevitable. Uh, but I thought I'd jinx them then because Chelsea had put the ball into the net just after we started hearing from Andy Farrell. But ruled out for offside. Good finish, but offside. Cuevin Callagher's clean sheet is still intact and there's about eight minutes left to go in Wembley before we get penalty kicks. It's going to be very, very very, very exciting indeed. That's it from us for the show tonight. Thank you very much indeed uh, for tuning our way. Uh, delighted as always to have you uh, for our company this evening. We will be back next Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. In fact, next Saturday's show is a very special show. We'll be live from Porky Creeve celebrating at Red FM's uh, sponsorship of the Red FM Hurling Leagues. We'll be there on Saturday live from Porky Creeve broadcasting before Cork and Galway this coming Saturday night so that should be a cracking show tune in for that and uh, if you missed any of tonight's show if you missed any of yesterday's show it's available on our Big Red Bench podcast you can get that on redfm.ie you can download it from wherever you download your podcasts from just search for Big Red Bench thanks very much indeed for listening to us tonight Mags Blackburn is in for Green and Red tonight three hours of the best Irish music coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM enjoy the rest of your evening folks and I will talk to you next Saturday. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.